Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Pastor Nate here. I am live here on this beautiful summer day, and I hope that you are being blessed to the Lord. I want us to start with prayer today. Um, Brother Carl, I'm going to want you to grab a few passages for me okay. uh, during our Bible study tonight, and uh, I'm looking forward to teach. I'm going to talk to you about the agent of mercy. Agent of mercy. Are you an agent of mercy? We're called to be ambassadors of Christ. And the theme that Christ wants us to carry to the world is that his mercy and his grace is sufficient and that his love is never ending. Amen? Amen. So tonight we're going to, we're just going to look at what does it mean? What does it look like to be an agent of mercy? I really hope that you will uh, take notes. i uh, got lots of scripture. I hope that you'll um, come in for this particular time together. Um, so one of the things that I want to uh, make sure that you are aware of is that we're going to have a great summer schedule and continue to watch. Uh, last week, Pastor Carl uh, was um, took my place and this week I'm taking his. So our advertisements are off a little bit, but trust me, there'll always be someone in this seat teaching Bible study on Wednesday nights. So amen. I just wanted you to be aware of that. Okay. So let's go to the word of the Lord. As we go, let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Lord, I ask tonight that you pierce the hearts of men and women as they Lord, hear your word and they study your word. That, Lord, they would engraft your word into their heart. And, Lord, they would make it a part of their life, Lord. Let us wake up to the fact that your word is powerful, Lord. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And, Father, it will cut away all the stuff and bring us to a place of, it, of, of understanding and clarity in you, Lord. I thank you today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say amen. amen. So it's good to see all of you in the house and it's good to have you online so let's go agent of mercy agent of mercy if you see depicted in this particular picture behind me you see what what is it that you see the good samaritan that's right and uh the good samaritan is a great picture in the new testament it is a parable by which jesus spoke to us to exemplify and show us what we should be in a world that it was uh, a good Samaritan that came along and rescued a man. So we're briefly going to look at that as an example of the agent of mercy that God has placed in our lap, in our hearts, in our spirits, that what we need to do. Um, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, is, it is a sin unto him. And too many times we know to do good things. I recently had... A conversation with a person that told me that they had finally started teaching a Bible study again and they were so excited and couldn't believe they hadn't been doing this longer and um, and I was encouraging them to you know hey you know this is what it's all about showing people that you care and that you love them that's what it's really all about so when we are an agent of mercy we are fulfilling the gospel of Jesus Christ when we are an agent of mercy we are fulfilling the Great Commission and the Great Command. And we are agents. We are ambassadors. We are the ones that will. We are his hands, right? We are his feet. The only Jesus the world will see is what? You and I. And so I want you to think about that as we go through this process. Let's read in Luke chapter 10 and verse 33. This is just a brief uh, synopsis. 
There was a man that went on a journey, the Bible says, and that journey took him to an area that <coughs> pardon me, was known for uh, to robbers and, and, and people that were not had good intentions for people's lives. And this man got robbed. He got uh, hit over the head. He got beat up. He got left for dead, the scripture says, in a ditch. And we know the story that there was a, a priest that came by and he was too busy with God's work to help him. And there were others that came by and they walked on the other side of the road. And I won't go into all those details. But then there was a Samaritan, someone who God <clears throat> in his mercy had obviously been good to and, and reached. Um, but the Bible says, but a certain Samaritan, read it with me on the screen behind if you can, but a certain Samaritan in the New King James, uh, as he journeyed, he came to where he was. He came to where this man who had been robbed and beat and left for dead, this man was laying there. And instead of walking to the other side of the street, instead of saying, I'm praying for you, hear me today, instead of saying, you know, I, I hope you get better soon, he went to that man. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds. Do you know when you're helping others, it's messy? Do you know that when you're trying to build something in other people's lives, that their, their bloodiness, their wounds that they get on us, they, they make us, we have to go wash. We have to, because when you're helping others, it's not neat and tidy. No, it is messy. Amen. But that's what Christ has called us to. Sometimes we avoid people that are in struggle and trouble because we don't want their drama in our life or we don't want, oh man, I'm going to have to go and do that and do this. And the Bible is, is, is opposite. He's saying go to them. You got to go to them. You observe that there's a problem, an issue. They're in the ditch. They're hurt. You need to go to them. This church, I'm so proud because they have went to children in India and in Guatemala and we've dug wells, we've done, and we have served over 1.7 million meals to orphanages in India, children that are street children with no parents and no hope. We have been able to what? We saw the need. We partnered with Global Grace and what happened? We saw them be helped. We went to them. While we were not there physically, we did what we could do, and that was to give money in order to buy meals for that group, right? We're in the process of doing something right now. You're going to hear more and more about it. In fact, I'm going to talk briefly about it Sunday, about our father's house in Colombia, in Cali, Colombia. And um, we are helping street children there, children that have no hope that have nobody else. Uh, right now, there's a little over 80 kids that we have that we're feeding on a daily basis. We're feeding them. We're helping them. You're going to hear a little bit about that on Father's Day. Uh, I'm going to talk about it um, because our Father's house is in need. And so what happens is we are good Samaritans. We have been blessed. How many has been blessed here? Amen. We have been blessed. And we cannot walk on the other side of the street to avoid them. We cannot say, hey, I'm praying for you. I hope you get better. We've got to, as the good Samaritan did, he went to him. The Bible says he went to him and bandaged his wound, pouring on oil and wine. It cost him something. Everybody say that. It cost him something. Yeah, it cost him something in order to help others. How many are thankful that Christ paid for our sins? Amen. It cost Christ to bring us to a place of salvation. It cost him his life. He gave it freely because he knew that was the only way we would be rescued. 
So in our life, we want to emulate Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. So um, <clears throat> I hope tonight that you'll, you'll hear the word of the Lord when he says he poured oil and wine and he set him on his own animal. His own, he, he was riding on a donkey and now he's walking on the road. It cost him his comfort. Everybody say amen. And when you're helping others and you're truly helping them, I promise you there's going to be times in your life where it costs you your comfort. Where you have them sleep on your, your couch because they've been beat up by somebody and they've been hurt and wounded. And it's inconvenient. Someone say amen. But that's what Christ has called us to be agents of mercy. To be agents of ambassadors of Jesus Christ, ambassadors of His mercy to us. I don't know about you, but I have gotten mercy from God that I did not deserve. I have gotten grace from the Lord Jesus Christ that I did not earn. And when I look at my life, my wife and I are traveling with the Chokentaws to Columbia here in July uh, to op officially open uh, our, our Father's House uh, shelter. Um, in Colombia, in a very, very rough, rough neighborhood in Cali, and where there's lots and lots and lots of children um, that are uh, fatherless, and uh, many of them are motherless. They have no parents. Are uh, uh, an aunt or an uncle is raising them, or nobody? They are literally products of the street, and it is heartbreaking. But you realize that you can bring hope. Um, and uh, this fall, we're going to be talking about what God is wanting to do with us through that work in Columbia. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about it Sunday, but I hope that we can be agents of mercy in Colombia or India or Guatemala or Nicaragua or, or um, Nigeria, with all these places that we've been, all these places that we have sent people and money and resources. Why? Because that's what God has called us to do, to give out, not of our sacrifice, but out of our abundance. And let people be helped. And that's what the agent of mercy is here. So uh, I want you to get a picture. There was this man. He was a Samaritan. It was a Jew. And if you know anything about history, the Samaritans and the Jews did not get along. They hated each other. Right? But yet, this Samaritan said, I don't care what color, what skin you are. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what preference you are or lifestyle you live. I have an obligation by God's mercy on me to be merciful to you. Someone say amen. And that is what God is calling us to. I feel the Holy Spirit here tonight. Because I know that if you're watching or you're in the room, there is a call right now to be separated from everybody. There's a world call that says, don't mess with people. Don't get involved. You'll be drug into something you don't want. And I'm going to tell you something. that That's a temptation for us. We don't want to in, 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 involve ourselves with anybody's life or anybody's issues because we're fearful of being accused of something or, or being saying the wrong thing or doing the, you know. And God is talking to us as the church and saying it's time for us to re-engage in agents of mercy. Being agents of mercy. Being agents of mercy. So he brought him to an end, and the Bible says, and took care of him. We know that the story tells us that Jesus talks about, he, he left him at that end, but he gave that innkeeper money and said, please care for him. And if there's anything that lacks, I will be back and I will take care of him. It costs you something to show mercy, but it costs somebody in your life. I don't know about you, but there's been people that have, 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 have been in my life that it's cost them something to help me. Right? 
And so I want to I want to pass that on. I want to be able to be able to be an agent of mercy as well. Amen. So we can we can see that now. So an agent of mercy. Jesus said in Acts chapter one verse eight, "You will be my witnesses. You will be." Everybody say, "Will be." If you're online, type in "will be." Will be my witnesses. Not maybe. Not might. If I if you have committed yourself to Christ and Him to you, there you He loved you first, and now you love Him. There is this this uh, this connection, this commitment, this covenant between you. Right? He says, a part of that covenant, you're going to be my witness. You're going to witness of what I've done for your life. How many here can say that God has been so good to you and that he has done things that people don't even know about, right? Things in the midnight that you've never spoke to anybody, you've never talked to anybody, but he did things for you, brought you out of places, gave you comfort, helped you, healed you, delivered you, right? And in and, and all of that, that's what God is saying. I need you to be an agent, a, a, a ambassador, an ambassador of what? Of that mercy that I've shown you when nobody was even there to see it. In a mean world, how many believe we live in a mean world? <laughs> I could put a lot of adjectives there. Mean, ugly, nasty, terrible, horrible, right? We've got to lift our eyes above that. We can't get bogged down in uh, something. I, I was on an airplane a couple weeks ago. And uh, I was uh, interacting with um, uh, the lady that she was doing an amazing job. We were packed for time. The plane was late. She was man. She was uh, man. She was a drill sergeant. She was getting everybody on that plane, putting papers in the bags, and making sure. I mean, it was boom boom. I, and I said, man, I, I said, I have never seen a stewardess work so hard. You are amazing. You, are, oh my goodness, man. I think it. And she stopped and she looked at me and she says, excuse me, what did you call me? And I said, you've, you're work really hard. You're, you, you, as a stewardess, I haven't seen it. I'm sorry, excuse me, sir, what did you call me? She did it three times to me and I didn't catch it. Well, she wanted me to call her a flight attendant, that a stewardess somehow was belittling. And I had no idea. I was trying to offer an honest compliment to someone I saw working hard and doing an amazing job and I thought I want to say something to let her know hey you're doing an amazing job and she she was ugly the whole rest of that trip she just was nasty to me and ugly and I was like and I said to her I said I said ma'am you know what's sad to me I said I, I apologized to her I said I'm so sorry that I used the word stewardess instead of flight attendant I don't know how that's demeaning to you but it obviously must be and I don't mean that in any way and I'm so sorry I will always refer to you as a, as a flight attendant and and, I, and it was bizarre to me it was it was interesting and I said to her I said you know there's an old saying that says no good deed goes unpunished and she says you're darn right that's right no good deed goes unpunished just always remember that and I thought to myself you're so angry you're so You've been hurt. Someone's yelled at you so many times. You just put everybody in the same category. Somehow I misidentified you by, I don't know, by what standard. I haven't heard that stewardess is a negative connotation. But obviously I've learned something. That that particular lady wanted to be called a flight attendant. And somehow the other was demeaning. And I thought to myself, um, I was kind, I was loving, I... I I just said, man, I'm, I'm so sorry. And I just left it alone because she was obviously very irritated. And I was sitting on the front row and she was sitting right there. 
was like we were looking at each other because she's flipped around looking the other way. And um, it was just uncomfortable, and I felt so bad because I apologized. I tried, and I even tried to strike a conversation later, and she just didn't want none of nothing, and she was just so closed off. And I thought, that's why, that's what happens to us in our world. We try to help somebody at the grocery store, and they yell at us for doing something weird, or, what are you doing? What's your problem? I've had those interactions where you're trying to load some water, a person's trying to struggle with the water in the water aisle, those big cases, and you try to help somebody. I don't need your help. You know, and we get jaded to a world that needs mercy. We get jaded and so we close our world off. And we say, fine, I'll leave you alone. I'm not gonna and we don't become vessels of Christ. We become this island unto ourselves. So we gotta be careful. Our greatest witness that Jesus Christ loves you is showing people mercy when we how many deserve your mercy? Nobody, right? We all have failed God and, and fallen short of His glory. It's there in those moments that we've got to show mercy, to show them Jesus Christ. Amen? So Luke 6 and 36 says, Show mercy to others just as your Father, your Heavenly Father, shows mercy to you. We can see there are principles of mercy and how can I be more merciful? So let's talk about that for just a few moments. Looking at the principle of mercy, right? And how can we, how can you and I become more merciful in our daily interaction and in our world and those around us? So, first of all, you need to start looking. Everybody say start looking. Start looking and listening, amen? Listening for people's needs. Uh, one of the things I've learned in life is that if you'll be quiet long enough, people will tell you what they need. And sometimes that's hard for us, right? We feel like witnessing is all talking. Let me tell you about Jesus. Well, you can live Jesus and listen and hear people and then begin to minister to them from their need, not from your knowledge. Did you hear what I just said? Minister to them from their need and not your knowledge. We know that Jesus loves us and saved us and all that stuff. But sometimes the world has been so hurt and jaded and they're so bruised and battered, they can't hear you. And so we leave them alone thinking they're rejecting us. They're not rejecting us. They just simply need to know that someone's listening about their need. So in their life, you can approach their need and not just a cookie cutter thing about what you think they ought to hear. We're all guilty. I'm guilty, right? Because we know the power of Jesus and we want to share that. But it's important that we li listen and look for those that are in need. Look out, Philippians, Paul writes in 2 and chapter, uh, look out for one another's interest, not just for your own. Look out for one another's interest. When the Good Samaritan was walking along the way, we saw that others were looking out for their own. The priest didn't want to get dirty or have a problem or get involved, so he passed on the other side of the road. I'm praying for you, you know, that kind of thing. And the Good Samaritan got down there. He bandaged his wounds. He got dirty. He got messy. He, it cost him something. He poured in his wine and his oil. He took him to an inn, gave him money. He got involved because he... He was looking and he listened for what was happening. He understood immediately, if I don't help this man, he will die. So, in our lives, we are taught, uh, just look out for yourself. Look out for what? 
Number one. <laughs> and who's number one? I'm number one, right? That's what the world preaches to us, right? And, and Christ says, no, you got to look out for each other and their interests, not just your own. In Mark 10 and 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. We find this over and over in the scriptures where Jesus looked at people and he loved them. He saw them where they were at and he didn't require them to change before he loved them. Amen. It's really important at this juncture that we not reject people because of what they might be into, what their sin might be. We might not, you know, in, in sin is sin. We're all sinners saved by the grace of God, right? So you might encounter someone that their lifestyle is something that revolts you. But that doesn't give us permission to walk on the other side of the street and not love them. Our job is to love them because if Christ can love us in our sin, he can love them in their sin. So we must be very careful in, in our walk um, that we um, live like Jesus, that when we see them, we, we look at them with compassion. The King James says compassion. And that word compassion is to love them with action. Loving someone, I really love you, man. Have a nice day. You know, that's words. That's empty. Compassion shows interest and involvement. Let me say that one more time. Compassion shows interest and involvement. And that's why we're involved around the globe and locally and our different charities that we work with. Why? Because they don't, we just can't tell people about Jesus. We've got to show people Jesus. Amen? And that's what we've got to do. So, um, secondly, uh, don't be offended by their sin. I just, I just read that. Show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. There are still others to whom you need to show mercy, but be careful that you aren't contaminated by their sin. So showing someone mercy does not mean you start agreeing and doing what they're doing. That's not mercy, right? That's not mercy at all. Uh, Jesus, this is uh, a great example of the woman that got caught in adultery, right? thrown at his feet. The Bible said she was naked and embarrassed and all these men standing around. And we're, you know, my question has always been, where's the guy at? Why isn't he out there naked in the middle of the street? Uh, because they lived in a, a patriarchal society and, and it just, they, they, they did this and it was unfortunate. And Jesus began to stoop and write in the sand. And I'm, I, we don't know what he wrote, but I have a lot of good things that I think I think he wrote. <laughs> um, like uh, started naming all the sins of the men that were standing around because they had rocks in their hands and all of a sudden they started putting them down. And he said, he that is without sin, let him cast the what? The first stone. And nobody, everybody put their stone down and ran away. And he said, woman, where's your accusers? He said, neither do I, watch this, condemn thee. Neither do I condemn thee, but go and what? Sin no more. He didn't agree with her, but he loved and accepted her. And so many times in this world, it is a demand that we agree with people in order for them to think we love them. And that's just not true. It's not true by any standard. So you can love people without agreeing with them, right? And, and showing them that love. So don't, don't get down in their sin to show them love, right? That's not love, right? That's, and now you both need rescue, right? It's like sending a drowning person that can't swim, another drowning person that can't swim, uh, uh, to, to rescue each other. It doesn't work that way. In 1 Peter 4 and verse 8, more important, most importantly, 
love each other. I read this uh, last week. Love each other deeply. Love has a way of not looking at other sins. Love has a way of not looking at other sins. Many times we don't interact with people for fear that others will see us and judge us. Jesus never had this problem. The good Samaritan didn't care that the man was a Jew and he was a Samaritan. He didn't care. It was a man in need and he went to him and he took care of him. Jesus never cared that Zacchaeus was a tax collector and everybody hated him. He didn't care. He still went to his house. He went and showed honor to him. And in our lives, sometimes we have to be careful. When we are agents of mercy, you will get messy helping others be saved. And you can't let others' opinions or words or looks, right? You can't let them deter you from being what Christ has called you to be. In Ephesians chapter 4 uh, and verse 2, be patient with each other. Everybody say amen. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Our love comes from his love. He first loved us. So when we look at this, we can clearly understand that being offended and letting that prevent me from being an agent of mercy is not the will of God. I must choose my words carefully. Someone say amen. <laughs> you got to speak in a way that is not condemning or uh, condescending, right? Uh, when we are helping others, when we're being agents of mercy, we can't speak to people as if we have obtained and we're perfect. No, no. When I'm talking to people about coming out of a bad place, I always refer to myself and how merciful God's been with me. Why? Why do you do that, Pastor? Because it's true. <laughs> no one's perfect and God has been so merciful to me. So I want that to... Uh, be allowed. So many people live in condemnation and fear of God. And we know that God is a wonderful Heavenly Father who loves us. In Colossians 4 and 6, when you talk, you should always be what? Kind and what? Pleasant. So you will be able to answer everyone in a way you should. The scripture earlier it, it tells us in the Old Testament that a soft answer turneth away what? Wrath. Right? Wise as a serpent and what? Harmless as a dove. There's a concept in the scripture that says our words matter. Our words matter. Uh, someone asked me not too long ago about if I uh, was an individual that uh, re, uh, you know, used people's uh, pronouns. They have a badge on and they have a pronoun. You know? And I said, uh, uh, you know, if, if they want me to call them a Martian, I will. Because it's, it doesn't matter to me, right? It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that I'm, that I'm honoring and that I open an avenue by which I can go back and reach them later. I open a friendship. Why? Because I can't reach them if I'm antagonizing them. I can't reach them, right? Um, we have, um, and, and I'll say this, um, I, I'm... I'm concerned in this hour for the for for the church, the church, not just this church, all churches, um, that we have a lot of plans for what we're going to do against 
a lot of these things that we see as sinful. These uh, we're in the middle of Pride Month, and and we have a lot of of conversation about um, how we're going to counteract that. And I have yet to hear, and I'm waiting for it, and I believe that there is a heart for it, a, a, a plan whereby which we're going to reach people that we disagree with, that we're going to love them. You, know, you can love somebody and still not agree with them. And that's how we're going to do this. Is We have a society that is raising up in a way that if we react how they're reacting, we're just the same. We're supposed to be like Jesus, right? Well, not take, No, it's not about not taking a stand. You can take a stand and you need to take a stand, but you can do it in love. You don't have to do it in rancor and anger. You don't have to do it in the same way that they're doing it. Do it in a place. You don't have to agree. You don't have to. But we have to obey the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. And by the way, they're your neighbor. That's right. The Muslim is your neighbor. The, the gay is your neighbor. The, they're your neighbor. There's no caveat in the scripture that says, if you, comma, if you agree with them. If they please you, if you're not, no. And I know this is contrary to what you might hear from others, but I'm telling you, this is not contrary to the word of God. The God that I serve and you serve has been merciful to me beyond measure. And that same mercy can reach every person on this planet. It can be mercy that reaches them. Be an agent, an advocate, be an ambassador of mercy, not anger, not fear. Mm -mm. No, let God's word speak for itself. I don't back away from what I know is true by the word of God unequivocally, but I also don't take it and use it as a sword to smite people with it. Right? It's not. It's not. It's not what Jesus called me to do. He called me to go love, to love people. He will be their judge, not me. I talked about this Sunday that love. Yeah. Oh, there he goes again, talking about love. Yeah, because God is love. <laughs> I don't know how much more plain that could be. We're supposed to talk about love all the time. True love, real love, the, the inception of what love is all about. It's about godly love, not these things that are being called love. You know, um, That's not love. It's not love because it's not based in God. It can't be love. Right? It can be like. It can be lust. It can be a lot of things. So be careful with what you say. You know, we're so tempted to give our opinion. And I'm with you, man. I, I'm a man online. You know how many times I want to write something that I say, yeah, but that, that's not going to help anybody. That's not going to draw anybody to Jesus. It's going to make me feel better for about three seconds. And then I'm going to feel really bad about it. Go back and delete it and wish and hope nobody watched it or, or, or read it, right? Because I know it's not a it's conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, hey, be more like Jesus. The wisdom that comes from heaven is pure. If I say pure, it's pure. What does it say? Peace loving, gentle at some times. What does it say? Gentle at all times. I'm a pastor. That's that's just too. That's just that's just too hard. Well, James doesn't think so, and it's the word of God, and willing to yield to others. Oh, that's the big one. Woo! If I yield, I have lost. If I yield, it means I agree. Mm -mm. No, 
Wisdom is what? Full of mercy. Mercy. Someone say mercy. Mercy, 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 mercy. Uh, we've got to give it. There's a concept in the New Testament. I won't go into it, but uh, briefly. And that is the concept is that if you don't give mercy, you won't get mercy. And it's important that we give mercy. Uh, value saving people over keeping rules. <laughs> this, is, this is a fun one. Uh, <laughs> value saving people over keeping rules. Jesus was a rule breaker. How many know that? <laughs> uh, he went to the temple and did things that were like, oh my God. He said things that were contrary to what they were taught all their lives. And people were like, oh, what is he doing? Oh my God, he's a blasphemer. Right? Jesus was a rule breaker because he realized that the rules were killing them. The letter of the law, not the spirit of the law. Now, I'm not talking about commands. We must keep his commands. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about rules. I'm talking about things that we have created as men and women, as society, as culture. I'm talking about the things that, that people might say, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing that. It's not about righteousness or godliness. It's about what culture would demand. Church culture, people culture, local culture. And God is saying to us, you need to value saving people over keeping a set of rules. Rules are good as long as they are in the word of God. Rules that are outside of God's word are the trappings of man. Rudiments, the scripture calls them. Rudiments of men. They are traditions. They are things that are created in order to help God with his people. And God doesn't need any help with his people. His word is pure. It's absolute. It's amen. Right? So Jesus defended it. And I won't read it. In Matthew 12, I was going to have you read it, but we're, we're going to keep going. In Matthew 12, 1 through 8, Jesus, his disciples are eating on the Sabbath, right? And people are all like, oh, your disciples are eating on the Sabbath. You're picking corn and grain and you're doing stuff. And I can't believe you're a sinner. And, and Jesus is like, well, you know, we're, we were hungry. <laughs> we didn't want to faint and die. I think it's okay. And so he broke the rule of the Sabbath. And that was like the end of the world, right? For some, um, it was a place of accusation for the high priest. It was all kinds of things. And Jesus didn't care because it did not violate his word. They had grown, right? They had added to the word of God in order to bind people on the Sabbath. So it was something. And this is what he says in, in Matthew 23 and 20. You Pharisees are careful to tithe 10% of every part of your income. But then you ignore other important matters of God's law. The concept here, Jesus is saying, you can't do some of it and not do all of it. You can't claim if you don't do this and then this doesn't matter. We have a society that lives like this. That we, we find that it's okay if I do this, but don't ever do this. And they're both wrong. Um, because we accept them. We see them as wink-wink on some issues. And Jesus is speaking to these Pharisees. And he's saying to them, you ignore more important matters of the law. Justice. And what? Showing mercy. And what? Faith. Yes, you should tithe. 
But you should also, should not neglect the more important things. What's more important than not robbing God? Well, Jesus said showing mercy and having justice and living in faith. Those are more important. So value people over rules. Don't let rules. Don't let rules. Let the word of God be your guide, not rules. Amen? So places to be an agent of mercy. And I'm, I'm going to take you through these just quickly. Places to be an agent of mercy. So many times we, we come to church and we're very comfortable at church. We pray with people at church. We're a part of people. We shake their hand. Whatever. But when we get out through those doors, it's like this vault comes over us. You know? And we close down. We shut up. We, especially in the hour that we're living, in the, in the tenor of our society and, and how uh, it has uh, reacted to Christianity and, and to the word of the Lord. But there are places to understand that God has called us to be agents of mercy. Agents of mercy. Number one is we should look for people who are in a crisis and listen to them. I already spoke briefly about this. Everybody say look for. Look for. Look for. You want to be a minister of the gospel? You want to be a witness of Jesus Christ? Don't avoid the people. A couple months ago I was in Leo's. And um, I had gotten done meeting with all my guys. We met today. And I had gotten in. I noticed there was a lady that was sitting. And I heard her on the phone earlier, just out of my peripheral hearing. And then I, I looked over, and she was just sitting there. She was just, tears just running down her face. She's crying and crying. And I had picked up kind of something. It was about a hospital or a medical thing. or I didn't know exactly what. And, uh, and the Lord just burdened me with her. And I went over and I said, ma'am, I don't know what you're going through. It's none of my business, but do you mind if I pray with you? Oh, thank you so much. And she began to tell me about uh, an issue with her mom in the hospital, et cetera, et cetera. And I stood there for two minutes and I was able to pray for her and hear her and listen to her and gave her some renewed hope that God did know her name and did know. And I told her, God knows your name. He hasn't forgot about you. Um, my wife and I were in Grand Rapids a couple weeks ago, and we were sitting in a restaurant. We were eating, and there was some ladies behind us. They were just in despair. Some bad things had happened at their church. They were in the middle of a, a bad situation, and people had failed them, and they were just despaired. I don't know if I'll ever go back to church again. And I'm sitting here, and my wife's talking to me. She's like, you are not paying one attention to me. I said, no, I'm listening to the conversation behind me. I'm eavesdropping. Because this was a desperate... They were heard the lady crying and sniffling and and, and there were two uh, uh, wonderful ladies and and Chris Mothers was with us and uh, he said, you're going to talk to them, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, yes, Pastor Chris, I'm going to talk to them. And he said, well, God be with you. <laughs> and him and my wife got left. I walked over. My, actually, my wife ended up coming back into the room and uh, and I, I, just walked, I just stood up, turned around and I literally said these words. God has not forgot you. Do not let men determine your relationship with God. And they both just burst into tears. I mean, it was like I ignited them above something. It was like I set something loose. Or and they just both burst into tears, you know. Oh my God, the Lord loves us. Oh my God, I can't believe you're talking to us. You know, and it was just one of those moments. I felt so good after I left that restaurant because I knew I had obeyed God in that moment. Like, it really felt good that I was able to help those two kind, wonderful ladies who were in the middle of a bad situation in their church, right? And it was deterring them. That must be God hates them. They're not going to go back to church. All that stuff, right? 
Because people get hurt at churches, right? And, and it's not about God. It's about humans that are <laughs> idiots. Um, so be sensitive. Look for people. Listen for people. You don't have to spend your whole life. Stop and pray for somebody. Can, we, can, I, can I pray with you? Right? Well, I really don't believe in God. That's great. No problem. Do you mind if I pray? <laughs> and literally, I'll say to them, it can't hurt, right? I mean, it's just... Yeah, you're right about that. Well, you know, if they don't want me to, I move on, right? I'm not offended. I don't get upset. Don't try to talk them into it and convince them. No, I obey God, right? And that's what God's calling us. Ambassadors of mercy. Agents of mercy. Number two, look for people with unmet needs. You know why we're helping children in Colombia? Because they have, they're, they're on the street. They had nobody. And Henry and Jennifer walked down the street one day, and they were just ministering and doing some things and all of a sudden these kids started pouring out of these doorways and they were surrounded by 50 kids before they went to the end of the street and Henry and Jennifer looked at each other and Jennifer called me she's standing in the street she says we got to do something and I said yeah she sent me a video sent me and my wife sent to me and Joe and Chris and the whole group it was like hey we got to do something here we're all like yeah we got to do something and we felt that need and um you gotta you you gotta be willing to look for those things and look for people with you don't need to help people who don't need help. Amen. You you look for people that and usually those people are wounded and hurting and they're messy. Amen. You have to help them to a court. You have to help them get out of a a situation. Take them to counseling for their DUI. You have to involve yourself sometimes to help people. Each one of us needs to look after the good of other people around us. Asking yourselves, how can I help? What exactly? That's exactly what Jesus did. Amen? He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people. This is like I said this from the beginning. It's easier to avoid. It's just the world that we live in, man. Just, I'm going to go home. Don't talk to me. Leave me alone. You know, no. Jesus is saying, be involved. Get involved. But he waited right in and helped out. Romans says in the message. Paul writes, you got to ask, how, how can I help? How can I help? Because we are his hands and feet. Go love. That's our moniker. That's what we believe. That's what we teach. That's what we live. Number three, look for people who are grieving and comfort them. The other day when I saw the lady at the restaurant, I knew something was wrong. She was crying. It was obvious, right? And I could have walked away and done my thing. And, 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 but the Lord said, you need to go pray for her. And so I did, right? How many of and don't raise your hand, but how many online and in this room that God has prodded you to do something and you didn't obey it and it was weighed on you for days and days and days and you wondered... I've went back to that restaurant looking for people that I should have talked to that I didn't. Hopefully they'll be in today. Maybe they'll be in today. Maybe they'll be in today. Move when God speaks. Don't let fear take... The worst it can say is no, and you say, okay, man, have a great day. Move on. Right? It's not, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the Christ in you. And that's between them and God. So love people. God comforts us in our trouble so that we can comfort what? Others who are in trouble with the same comfort that we ourselves received from God, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians. Uh, number four, look for people needing friends and show hospitality. Look for people who need friends 
There are two things that, that, that people need. Love and acceptance. Love and acceptance. I preached about it Sunday, about how this need in our world. We're humanly born with this need to fit in. We need someone to love us. People go to all these extreme measures in their life, being a part of groups and things and stuff. And uh, you know, why, they're trying to find somewhere they fit. Where do I fit? Where do I fit? Where do I fit? Where do I fit? And as soon as someone shows them attention or love, they're drawn to that. And if we as the body of Christ will show them friendship and love, they'll be drawn to Christ in us. And that's our job. Romans says, Paul writes, look for opportunities to be hospitable. Look for opportunities to show friendship. I was lonely, Matthew, Jesus writes, Matthew 25 and 31. I was lonely and you welcomed me and showed me hospitality. This is an important factor in the kingdom of God that we must embrace fully. We must be advocates, ambassadors Right? We must be agents of mercy. Uh, fifth, um, look for people who need a second chance. How many know people need a second chance? I love working with people that have come out of prison and they're trying so hard. There are those that don't, but you know what? I'm willing to take the risk. Right? Careful risk. Careful, you know, being wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. But showing people people that mess up in society, people that make huge mistakes. Look for those people. When people sin, you should forgive and comfort them so they won't give up in despair, Paul writes. Comfort them. When they mess up, the worst is when we should be loving them the most. Amen? So that's exactly. Number six, finally, and I'm closing with this slide. Look for people who are what? Listen, read it with me. Who are what? Rude and be kind to them. <laughs> Look for people who are rude. Why? Because rudeness is a sign of inner hurt. It's a way of protecting themselves. Stay away from me. But kill them with love. You ever heard that expression? It's true. There's a young man that I'm mentoring uh, on the west side of the state. And he called me a couple months ago and said, my boss hates me. My boss hates me. He gives me the worst jobs. He makes it hard. He'll, he'll remove a page from a file that I'm working on, make me run around and look for it. He said, I, I, I've caught him. I, this is, and, and, and he laughs about it and thinks it's funny. And, 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 and he said, so, man, I, just, I hate this. I can't stand this guy. You've got to pray for me, man, because I, I am... I am, just, I, I am So he started doing it in reverse. He started... Putting, misplacing things off his boss's desk, and he started he started playing the game, right? Well, his boss didn't like that, you know. We accused, but he had no proof because this young man got very good at it, at, at sneaking around and and putting him uh, sending emails in his name and just. And I said, "What are you doing?" I said, "Stop!" I said, "You have stooped to the gutter." And he was like, well, I don't know what else to do. I said, why don't you do what Jesus said? <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. I said, I'll tell you what, you're going to run a little test here. And you're going to love this person. You're going to bring them coffee every morning. You're going to bring them donuts. You're going to bring them cookies. You're going to bring them good things. You're going to make their... What do you have for me? Give me the hardest one. Let me have the, the, the worst account. Come on, bring it. Let me have, and you're going to be, you're going to turn this on ahead. So he did that for about four weeks 
about a month. He called me and said, oh my God, it worked. Oh my God. I'm like, duh. Yeah, it worked because God's word will not return void. It's not going to return void. When you love people that despitefully use you, that's right. Pray for people that hate you. Love them that despitefully use you. That's what the scripture says. It's not easy. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. But it will work every time if you allow the Holy Spirit and your attitude is right. And that's hard sometimes. Not sometimes, all the time, right? Um, because it's hard. So this is what First Peter uh, 3 and 9 says. Don't repay evil for evil. This is what this guy was doing. He was repaying evil for evil, right? Never. This is a hard one. Never. I shout never. <laughs> that was a lousy shout. Never. Come on, say it. Never. Never retaliate when people insult you or say unkind things about you. <laughs> this goes against every human spirit we have. This is this one screams, I will not. <laughs> because it's so true. Right? Instead, here it is. Instead, pay them back with a what? A blessing with love. That is what what God wants you to do, and He will what? Bless you for it. You want the blessings of God? Obey His commandments. It works. The kingdom rules are upside down. First shall be last and the last shall be first. Up is down and down is up. God says, do it my way and it'll all work out. Go ahead and do it your way. And you're going to see the rest of humanity how that works out. I asked someone today, how's that working for you? You're doing this. How's that working for you? Is it, has it been a great success? No. <laughs> you keep doing the same thing, wanting a different result. That's the definition of insanity, right? You've got to change your thinking into God's thinking. You've got to pray, Lord, let my mind be in you. I'm not suggesting to anybody online or in this room that I have this down pat. <laughs> this is something I struggle with daily, right? Because we're human and God understands that, but he gives us a path of understanding. It's not, it's not science. It's not rocket science. It's not like, oh, mystery. No. It's simple. You got some of the hate your guts? Love them. Pray for them. Honestly. You don't have to like them. Nowhere in the scripture does it say you've got to like them. Oh, mm -mm. but you've got to love them. Well, Pastor, how, how, how do I delineate between liking and love? Well, I, I like McDonald's, but I, I really love Ruth Chris. <laughs> You're hearing me, right? I like McDonald's. I have nothing against McDonald's. I love a double-double, right? Uh, cheeseburger and some fries and Diet Coke. This sounds good to me right now, right? <laughs> I don't dislike it, but I don't love it, right? So what's the difference? They're both food. They're both nourishment. One I desire, and the other one I do because it's the right thing to do for nourishment for my body when I'm someplace. It's not good nourishment, but it's nourishment. So in our lives, obey God. Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, right? He said, if you keep my commandments. Can I tell you something? This agent of mercy is a commandment that we should believe as strongly as we believe any salvation message, as strong as we believe any healing message, as strong as we believe any uh, modesty message, as strong as we believe any, any message that's in the scripture. 
Jesus is emphatic about you must be an agent of mercy. Amen? Amen. So, I challenge you, go forth and let these things soak into your spirit, into your heart. I'm going to look for people that need, not me, Jesus in me. And I'm going to be a part of going to them and binding their wounds and helping them. It doesn't mean you move them into your house. It doesn't move you know, all that stuff. It doesn't mean all that. It means that you are there in an appropriate with good boundaries way. Amen? So let's say amen. Let's pray in closing. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for, Lord, just the concepts that you're trying to teach us about in a world of hate, in a world of confusion, in a world that says we should be against each other, that we have to choose sides and we have to war with each other. God, I speak against that spirit of culture that would try to make us close up your mercy for others. I pray tonight that you will release this church, this body of believers, these people, Lord, those that are online watching, that you would allow us to open our hearts, that we would be full of your mercy and that we could show that mercy to others. In Jesus' name, we pray these things and let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you amazing and blessed peace. Amen.